Did you uh, ever have pets? Yeah, I had a lot of different pets. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I was gonna a, say because the thing that made me think of this was your house doesn't seem like a like pet house growing up <laughs> very much. Like you seem like a strictly cat, dog, or bird house. I went through the meme of like dad says we can't have a dog, and then like dad cuddling with the dog, and oh, that happened yeah. when I was maybe about eight. I think I think it was third grade we got a dog. That's I guess I could, so I've always had like either dogs or cats, but dogs were always an issue because we lived on Yeah. That's so a rough just, street. Well they would just run <laughs> off. I don't understand how you keep a dog from wanting to escape all of the time, but I I think it has something to do with not surrounded by like twelve cats. <laughs> yeah, probably that was that was always a thing. But did you, the reason why I was asking is because you as a human being seem like you would be an amphibian and or insect individual, possibly reptile, um, other than okay. you seem like somebody who might be offended by smells and all of those things are somewhat smelly. I think you hit most of it there. Um, I will admit that I have a slight fear of reptiles. I think reptiles are super cool, but I don't love handling them. Is it because their texture is weird? It's not even that. I kind of like the texture. Like once I work up the courage to like touch them, I'm like, oh, these scales are cool or like whatever it is. I think snakes feel like dry butter. <laughs> That's a good description. I, it's like a, it's a fear. I think of the animal going crazy while I'm touching it or handling it. Yeah, and you that probably I'm shouldn't gonna handle hurt it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but you, you probably shouldn't handle things that have sharp teeth. <laughs> Because I have that fear as well. That's why I don't really like handling snakes. Because like, yeah. I like snakes, and I'm not afraid of uh, getting bit by a snake as much as I am afraid of if the snake bites me, the first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to crush like whatever is biting me, and then yeah. I'm going to end up ripping a chunk out of my arm and making it worse because i handling lizards doesn't bother me. I think they're pretty cool. Like I wouldn't go fuck with a Komodo dragon. Yeah, my old roommate, shout out John, had a bearded dragon. Yeah, bearded and dragon I loved the bearded dragon. Yeah. It was super cool, but I was afraid to handle it. I would pet it, but I wouldn't like hold it. Is it because you thought you would break it? Yeah, I just thought like I'm gonna be holding it and it's gonna freak out and I'm gonna like throw it or like yeah. try to recover my grip on it and like crush I guess it. That's or... Weird. I always think that lizards are lazy. Probably because it's alliteration that was repeated to me many times as a child. Lizards are lazy. People were just walking around like, lizards are lazy. Lizards no, they used lazy. to be fucking Circle K's, uh, the drinks had the lazy lizards on them, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, advertising's that. deep, deep in this, man. They got their hooks in. I remember 98 cent deals from the 90s. <laughs> but yeah, well, our first pet... We had a fish. I think we got two fish at the same time. And 
I had a hamster. That was actually after we had a dog. So probably when I was like five years old, we got fish. We had a pretty sick fish tank for a while. Then we got a dog when I was like eight. I got a hamster shortly after. And then we've mostly just had dogs. That was most of our pets. That's a lot more smaller pets than I thought you would have. Oh, like the fish and the hamster and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, every time I was in your room, I was like, this is a, like small barracks. Like everything <laughs> is at right angles and like perfectly clean. And I yeah. can see a fish tank immediately because <laughs> it is like square angles. Yeah. But like a hamster or like any small rodent having a ball that it ran around in seems like it would have been too much chaos. Because I remember playing with toys in your room and being like, these don't look like they belong on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they probably were never there except when I played with them. Yeah, we kept a, a pretty tight ship over there. Oh, yeah. Pretty neat. I think that's my dad's military influence. Who, yeah. like, never wanted to be in the military, but I think it impacted him greatly. Yeah, dude, I feel like there's a <laughs> small amount of boot camp that some people could, like, maybe when you're 17, you at least go through a small amount of being forced to live in a barracks, like, not broken down. <laughs> right. But, like, all right, right before we send you off into the real world, we're going to make sure you have at least one year of complete structure so that you know that you have a way to do something. Yeah. But I bet a bunch of people would consider that prison of some kind. Yeah, or some kind of... That's abuse nowadays. <laughs> well, I mean, you could make it so it wasn't abusive. That's... I, like, conscripting people into uh, medical service instead of the military is always something I've always thought yeah. is a great idea. The medical draft. <laughs> That just sounds like we're starting a fantasy football team, but for like crazy uh, doctors, anti-vaccine doctors. So you <laughs> yeah. have like the two teams, the like pro-vax and anti-vax doctors that are uh, you just choose from which ones are in the news. <laughs> They're like, and the first pick for the liberals, they pick Doogie Hauser. Oh my God, that would be great. <laughs> have I told you about my idea for a Doogie Hauser reboot? No, I did they make one. I hope not. I guess I just think everything's getting a reboot now. Well, eventually everything will. Yeah. We just have to try and map it with when they think that we'll have money. Like, they're hitting up all of our friends' kids right now. Because our friends' kids are just now at the age where they can start getting, like, toys toys, which is, like, where all the fucking money is. Yeah. Once they get old enough to be, like, on their cartoon route, because they've started that generation's cartoons that they will grow up, quote-unquote, loving, they're gonna do another round of all the adults. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like a 20-year loop of just, I don't know, we're gonna sell you your nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, gotta t I gotta get the Doogie Hauser thing out real quick. Yeah. So, it's a Neil Patrick Harris, like, still... But you make Neil okay. Patrick Harris older, gotten through, become like rock star fucking uh, surgeon, make him like a recovered Dr. House situation. Okay. Where like he becomes a rock star and then he gets addicted to everything and like everything crashes down. And part of his rehabilitation is he has to mentor a genius child doctor. Okay. The new Doogie And Hauser. he has to be... So it's Dr. Doogie Hauser. Right. Is so it's not Doogie Hauser MD well, anymore. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that'd be good <laughs> if it was Dr. Doogie Hauser MD would be a funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that would be if anybody out there would like to send 
Neil Patrick Harris that idea. I'm I'm fine with that. You can have that. I will just watch it. I request it on whatever format is popular at the time of its release. <laughs> He's too busy starring in Matrix reboots. I'm fine with that. Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> is one of those people where it's not going to be worse because of Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, that's so true. Like his character, I don't know if you saw the newest Matrix. Absolutely not. But his character really didn't make a ton of sense. Was it was just a bad idea, I think, to even involve it. But he played it well. Was it actually (laughs) Barney Stinson? Uh, He kind of had a little bit of a Barney. Know how to break the Matrix? All fucking hit on it. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. He had some of that. like flair to it Uh, i just thought about hitting on the matrix and now i'm somewhat convinced you can hitting on the matrix yeah Ooh, you sexy little matrix i think it would be a lot more (laughs) buzzes and beeps and possibly some electrical crackles yeah because like is that oh that'd be i wonder if that's more efficient if when computers started building their own uh synapses they just used the noises that our synapses make as transfer noises instead because that would technically still work and they would already have you know human brains to do it with but um (laughs) yeah yeah i've been trying to think of ways that the matrix makes any sense to do that to people because that's the worst way to solve the energy problem. Is to use the energy within people? Yeah, building a massive infrastructure <laughs> on a planet to farm human beings instead of, say, I don't know, you're a machine, do deep ocean crazy pressure stuff to generate electricity. You don't need to breathe, so, like, send solar kites up above the fucking blacked out sky you could just move off the planet because you don't breathe either there's just really no reason for them to do it that would be like if all of us just gave up on solar energy because of there was a cloudy day and started like using strictly potatoes (laughs) maybe it was just like a, a side play their least important one they like yeah we're doing all that other shit you know we're traveling to space and whatever this is just now these humans were laying around so we See, thought we'd throw would them in be pods fucking <laughs> awful that should have been what the next matrix was was they get into space and then realize they're actually in a big dyson sphere and they're just like oh we're that kind of fucked gotcha because yeah. that's the whole fucking time travel Time travel in movies is always ridiculous. The only thing that's made uh, the Terminator timeline make sense to me is a plumbing the Death Star theme that all of the robots were sent at the same time. Right. Yeah. Because that also makes it make sense as to why there's even a contest between the humans and the robots. Because if the robots just had time travel technology and they could just absorb paradoxes, they'd just keep sending people to fix stuff. Versus the, we sent them all at the same time to three different spots, and <laughs> this is like what we had, and they lost the second robot, but technically they won the whole time if you watch the whole series, because John Connor's a robot. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the whole series, so I didn't I mean, know that. your first pet's name let me just uh find all your security questions (laughs) adam i think you know me better than to think that i would put something nostalgic (laughs) as a password cold steel 
That was your first pet's name? No, that would have been fucking sick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was a shark. I just thought, <laughs> now it's just a fucking gerbil. Uh, all I do is give epic names to small animals. No, my first pet. So pets are complicated in my family because I didn't choose almost any of them. So I'd have to say my first pet was a toad that I found outside. Okay. That I didn't name because I don't usually name animals that I find because I kind of think it's rude. Like they already have names or they wouldn't like the name you gave them? Yeah, or? like they're, they've been going along for as long as they've been doing stuff, but I don't really need to, <laughs> like, I can get their attention. They only want food for me. We don't like hanging, like I talk to them, but they, yeah. it's pretty obvious they don't respond. But so that was probably my first pet. And my first pet that I guess I named would have been Boozer the cat. Okay. but I, I remember Boozer. Yeah, but Boozer found me. I didn't find Boozer. Yeah. Boozer was found because I was just sitting talking to one of my friends and like a cat walked under my hand. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know you had this cat. She was like, that's not my cat. <laughs> and when we got up to leave, it jumped in the car. And then we went hiking, and it got out of the car and went hiking with us. Nice. And then when we got back, it got back in the car, and when we were dropping everybody else, it just got out of my house. Yeah. So then I owned the cat. That's and a good way to, to get a pet. I used to have to lock that cat in the house, because if I didn't, when I left, it would just go wherever I went. <laughs> I used to show up at PV, and Boozer would be, like, fucking across the street and shit. <laughs> I wonder if it was like a human trapped in a cat's body that was just like, I like this guy. I don't think so. I think it was just a cat that was like also kind of a prick. <laughs> I, I like this guy. I don't know. We like the same things. Boozer really likes spaghetti and exploring. So those are two things. <laughs> like popcorn a lot. Um, really liked to stand on roofs. I also have that in common. I um, also hate falling off of roofs. Those are two things me and my cat shared. That's cool. So he was just a, he saw what he liked. He saw someone else that liked the same stuff. He was like, all right, I'm ready. Pretty much. We're partners. Yeah. <laughs> that happened on a 420. Nice. Hitler's birthday. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now you just made me sound like a dick. Uh, I mean, don't worry. <laughs> I'll make sure that it's public later when I edit this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My first, well, I'm, I mentioned we had fish. I don't count them so much as pets. I was wondering <laughs> about that. If you just were like, this is a moving painting that we feed. <laughs> and they both died pretty quickly. I think they were named Mickey and Minnie, if I remember right, because we were dumb kids. But our first dog, he was a black lab. We named him Midnight because... We watched Homeward Bound. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember that dog? I remember, Shadow. I remember that movie. Yeah. A lot. That yeah. movie hits all of the uh, is acceptable as a boy's movie, is absolutely necessary as a girl's movie. So that was purchased as a Christmas everybody gets, which means I have to watch it 500 times. Yeah. That's... I think we actually brought it up on an earlier podcast, but there was that dog Shadow because yeah. he was a black dog 
It's fucking and then stereotypical fucking movies, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I remember having this discussion with my sister, too. We were like, oh, we want something like that, but we can't do Shadow because... like Copyright infringement? You guys are <laughs> like, this IP, man, they are going to be all <laughs> over our asses if we call this dog Shadow. It wasn't even that. We just wanted to be original. So That's... we were like, what are some other black names? And then we came up with Midnight. <laughs> I'm going to clip that, <laughs> and I'm going to make that the commercial for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, DeAndre, Jamal, oh I don't know, God. Midnight? <laughs> uh there is is midnight the name of the guy in uh american gods is that that shadow yeah that is yeah. Shadow. see people with pet names um <laughs> it doesn't happen that often there's not like a lot of actual mr spooky pants the like attorney at law <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god the next american phase of naming your kids stupid shit should just be straight up dog names <laughs> that would be great yeah that's my kid lucky and this is uh mrs crunchy <laughs> have we, you met his brother spot we just named him bacon <laughs> he really likes it yeah i don't know he was just into it this one's a little shitter um he just shat everywhere when he was a kid <laughs> uh we keep changing his name he just doesn't know it anymore um <laughs> We, we named him Noel, but it, he got confused between No and L because we were calling him L for sure. And now now we just call him Steven. Everyone thinks it's weird that we gave him a people name, but he is, you know, a man. <laughs> so how many cats have you had? Oh, uh, that's a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> that's a setup, you son of a bitch. It's a loaded um, question. That's a lot of cats is what that is. So... Well, I mean, you you guessed my pet numbers, so I'm just trying to guess your pet numbers. The amount of cats that I have had in my life total or at once? And that Uh, I have had, I mean, loosely, because I maintain that I've had (laughs) one cat and I told you its tail. You're right, yeah. Uh, Well, let's do total cats and then at once. Probably like 36. Okay. Yeah. And then at once is probably 20, 22. Oh, wow. So there was a period... Uh, Way too many cats? Yeah. yeah there was like a <laughs> runaway situation where like me and my little sister and were all old enough to bring home stray animals at the same time. <laughs> and there's only so much you can do when you have three people running around being like, I'm showing compassion. So you end up with, you know, perfect breeding conditions for a bunch of cats. Yeah. But luckily, most of that situation ended up fine we got rid of most of those cats as kittens yeah that's and a good then thing we just had from that situation i think we had nine cats that stayed from the mass amount of cat explosion because i think there was just like a christmas where we had like three pregnant cats so you're like, here's a kitten. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, so it was more like just after Christmas, we were like, where did all three of these cats go? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's just fucking a shit ton of cats in this room. What happened? Yeah. So cats, did you ever have reptiles? Uh, No. I mean, I had caught lizards. Do you want to hear the weird pets that I've had? Because yeah, that's probably... Absolutely. So I have uh, multiple times farmed antlions. Okay. I remember that. Is inter- That's fucking great that you remember that. Um, <laughs> Wasn't that uh, the same area as the mud people? 
Yeah, when I used to play with fucking... I also grew mosquitoes then. Yeah. Which is another... That I had to... Mer- I, that's the probably the first uh, genocidal thing I've ever had to contemplate <laughs> in my life. Because I was growing mosquitoes and then it was brought up to me that mosquitoes could kill people if they got... And I shouldn't have listened to this person. I should have just dumped out all of the water. Yeah. But they were like, those mosquitoes could be carrying whatever diseases. I'm like... Only if that disease is here, but I wasn't <laughs> thinking of that, so he convinced me to pour bleach in there, which was real fucked up, by the way, if you ever... Poured bleach in the water that they were yeah, feeding off of? because he was like, just fucking... No, uh, mosquitoes are born in water. Right. So, I just had a tank of mosquito larva. Okay. So, I just poured bleach into a bunch of things that were living. Hmm. Yeah, which was terrible to watch, and I should have just dumped it out if I was going to fucking kill all those fucking things. Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I've had a lot of toads. Like, pretty much every toad I've ever found in my yard, which is like four or five. That's crazy. You were finding toads in your well, yard. Well, so desert toads. You guys you guys have all been, like, right next to desert toads. They, You just got to wait till the right kind of atmosphere outside yeah. before rain. And they come up to the top and they just fucking, like, they know when it's, like, perfect, nice. And you can actually use a barometer to, like, kind of see the position. But, yeah, I did have a toad when I was in uh, Tucson. That apartment complex that I lived in was full of toads. Okay. But I had a toad and two small frogs. And I had bought the two small frogs and I had found the toad. And that's actually how I quit the salad shop. Because (laughs) one day I was, I, like, woke up late. So I had to go to work, but I was supposed to buy crickets for the frogs. So I lived across the street from both the pet store and my work. So when I left work for my break, I was like, hey, I'm probably going to be five minutes late. I need to go feed these guys. And they said if I was late at all, I might as well not even come back. And I had already taken off my hat. (laughs) I was like, well, I already took off my hat, man. Bye. By the time I had gotten home, the toad had eaten one of the small frogs. Oh, no. Yeah, which freaked me out, except for about four days later, I was sitting in my fucking room, and the fucking toad started freaking out and spit up the other frog, and it was still alive. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was real fucked up. That's crazy. Was it, it in was, good shape, or was it like... I don't really know. I was. I thought it was a miracle. I, yeah. It was, at very least either fed on partly digested bugs or starving but it didn't look like it was thinner do frogs have stomach acid i wonder if it was like but frogs also like certain frogs like throw their stomach up to clean it like they're a lot more uh i guess tough on the inside yeah like their stomach structure is not uh our little baby one like they can handle small pebbles and stuff getting swallowed yeah but and then i did i have always kind of like tried to have cool insects but there's like none of there's not a lot of cool insects in arizona that aren't a invasive or b uh poisonous as fuck yeah so that's never worked out well like having the antlion farm is cool but they fly away and then I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like that I'm breeding antlions and just letting <laughs> them fly off. Um, other than that, there's not a lot of creepy crawlies. Like, I've had a very large spider, 
as a pet before, but that kind of got ruined because I had a girlfriend that didn't really like it Mm. and it ended up being pregnant. So it went from being one small thing she didn't like to several hundred small things she didn't (laughs) like. That's what always happens with spiders because my dad did that too. He actually caught a black widow and was like, oh, I'll keep it in a jar and just like watch it for a while. And then he like put it in a tank and it had babies and it was just like, now you just have a terrifying tank full of black widows. This is (laughs) dangerous. That's like when fucking, if you have a chance at any point in time on YouTube, go look up uh, like people who leave town and have pets uh, praying mantis. Oh, they just multiply like crazy. Well, they'll leave town for like two weeks and not realize that like, because one praying mantis gives birth to like several hundred babies. Yeah. And like they'll have two pregnant praying mantis and the sheer quantity, like the mass of the praying mantis in the tank is like sometimes enough for them to get out. Oh, like they just start piling up basically. Yeah. It's like a physical thing. Yeah. They like, (laughs) well, they're also like the lid of a tank isn't really meant for like, 50 or 60 of these things that have right. just been because if you're gone for like two weeks to a praying mantis well, like, they don't, all right chain out of they here they <laughs> don't just start stacking up they start like eating each other and becoming stronger so there you come home to like just all over the place like cool do you remember i don't know if you i i specifically remember this in third grade um we were told that praying mantises praying manti however that goes for the smart man (laughs) um we're endangered and that if we touched them that was illegal and that (laughs) i never heard that that is not true they are not endangered in arizona yeah they are here yeah we saw one a couple days ago on our fence yeah they're fucking cool but i I specifically remember in indian bend in third grade we found one which should have been right off the bat not endangered because a school (laughs) in a city (laughs) is about as far away as you can get from a hospitable place to an endangered species we get freaked out when dogs come off of the mountain that's literally in the city yeah you're talking about coyotes yes I do think it's fucking hilarious every time somebody's like, I don't understand why they're doing it. Like, there's no, they live on a hill surrounded by a city. Any direction they go is city. Very true. But yeah, that's, did you have anything you wanted to say specifically about insects that I can see you reading right now? (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say that's a a great segue, especially talking about uh, praying manti piling up. Cool. I'll edit it so it doesn't sound like it was <laughs> jumbled. I didn't know that. I guess I kind of knew this in the back of my brain, but do you know what a locust is? Yes, I do. It's a do you want do you want to deliver this or do you want <laughs> No, me I'm to interested talk? to hear your so version. So a locust is like a grasshopper that when they reach a certain like numbers mass, they start to swarm and turn yeah. into a locust and they just fucking eat everything. Yeah, see, I knew that grasshoppers do that and then I had heard of locusts. I didn't realize they're the same thing like there's no taxonomical difference between a grasshopper and a locust it literally is just like a grasshopper that's reached an excited state there are also different kinds of grasshoppers though right which all of them can become locusts but like we don't get the size 
of uh, I think it's India that gets like the fucking giant giant grasshoppers yeah, that are so like the size of your fucking hand. Right. And I guess in the Americas, so like North America, South America, that whole deal, um, there hasn't been a, a like a huge swarm in a long time, but Isn't it still it? happens pretty often in like Africa and Asia. Didn't we have one in the 1800s in America? Yeah. 1875. Yeah, I knew I knew that one. Was, uh, it's, it has a name, Albert Swarm. And it was how come that's not what a Prince Albert is? (laughs) It was named for Albert Childs. He was a a doctor who just had a side hobby in meteorology. Oh god. America used to be cool. (laughs) And it was named for him because he was the one that actually measured it. And it was a pretty simple calculation. So he calculated the size of the swarm to be 198,000 square miles. And about 3.5 trillion grasshoppers. That's nuts. So the reason why I actually know what uh, locusts and grasshoppers were ties into the we should be paid for when our teachers in grade school teach us stupid fucking shit. (laughs) Um, When I was in grade school, I was told by a teacher that cicadas and locusts were the same fucking thing. Uh, So for a while, when I was a kid, I was afraid of cicadas because (laughs) I know that locusts are a biblical plague. Yeah. And uh, it took a long time for me to, like, get over that and figure that shit out because I live in a place where once a year, everything starts screaming of, like, these weird dive bomby bugs that I also thought every once in a while just ate everything in sight. Yeah. And then I said that in front of somebody, and they were like, you're dumb. And I was like, cool. So I learned a lot about fucking locusts. Yeah, we brought up the 1875 one, but there was also a big swarm that happened in 1931. Sexy. Yeah, uh, it was mostly in the Midwest kind of area, say, Iowa, this, South Dakota, Nebraska. Was this Dust Bowl-ish stuff? So it was right around the same time as the Dust Bowl, and I was trying to kind of see, like, which one caused... Which one? Yeah. Well, part of the Dust Bowl was us not knowing agriculture, right? Exactly. So I think they are kind of unrelated. I think this might have sped up us approaching the Dust Bowl. Because, yeah, they would have just eaten all of the top everything. And for those of you who don't know what the Dust Bowl is, it's before we found out that you had to keep dirt where it fucking was. Otherwise, (laughs) it goes away. Yep. And we learned that the hard way. And we killed a bunch of people doing it. Um, There is a natural kind of antidote two swarms it's a fungi oh i was gonna say is it eat them (laughs) because that's the best defense that nature has ever invented to a predator is just start eating it yeah i wonder like you'd have to have a pretty large amount of predators because the swarms get so insanely large well no what you have to have is an industrious keelan with like four billion (laughs) dollars I will build you a swarm cooking machine. All it's going to be is a bunch of hoppers and tumblers that spin through the air. So that when the swarm goes through it, it like catches them and throws them into like a central air fryer. Fucking toss that shit in some herbs and spices of undescript known 
yeah, I tried to say secret herbs and spices and it didn't work in a, in a smart <laughs> way. But Throw some chocolate on him. Have uh, you had chocolate I have had chocolate. I've had chocolate ants. I have not had chocolate crickets. Yeah. I've had what was called fried cockroaches, but was they looked like crickets. So I don't know what. I used to eat a lot of fried crickets, though. Nice. That My first Wendy's job. Yeah, I worked with a guy that pretty quickly found out couldn't hang out with like anybody that I knew from high school because he was uh, really untrustworthy in that sense, but would bring, you know, fried bugs to hang out with and like some tequila. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that fun guy, though, that um, basically stops swarms. It's like a natural pesticide to locusts. It's called Metarhizium acridum. Ooh. Acridum. Does it kill them or does it just docile the fuck out of them? It kills them. Mm. Yeah, it basically takes over their whole body so they just look like fuzzy grasshoppers. I think I know what you're talking I think I know the picture. Yeah. Can you eat them after that? Oh, I, I I'm like not that sure. You're like, there's no reason for that data to be on whatever you were reading. Oh, I mean, I think there is. I think a lot of people worldwide do eat bugs. Well, they do, but I'm, I doubt that they would, while they were studying or like telling a study about how to stop the thing they would include like oh and by the way after you cook them they taste a little bit like if you fried them with shiitakes <laughs> yeah i don't know i know that they they did make a commercial version of it it's called novacrid or green guard if you live in australia or green muscle if you live somewhere else that's Why not australia that, or dude? america marketing <laughs> is some of the dumbest shit and it works so well i don't like it <laughs> yeah like we just changed the name of this in a different country why we don't know but it worked they sold seven thousand more units today yeah but um that stuff it's not toxic to anything like humans or other insects or animals so you probably can eat it you probably can it is toxic to the silkworm that's the only other thing that dude that's what but what of our precious silks I know. I was just going to suggest <laughs> that we start using this stuff a lot more and like actively attacking swarms so that we could solve some of the food shortage because I'm that kind of dystopian overlord. <laughs> but uh, now I'm worried about my silks because in my fucking crazy Mad Max future, I was going to have to rely on the silkworms to make my fine wares. <laughs> Wasn't that the big reveal? Uh, spoiler alert in Snowpiercer. Did you ever see that? Well, that was a reveal in Snowpiercer. Well, that was the food at the end, and they're like... That was not at the end. That's, like, right at the beginning of the movie. Okay, I saw the Korean one. Did you see the Korean one or the American one? I, I saw the American one. Okay. Is I was in Korea when it came out. So, is, so are they why. the same movie, or are they... I think they are mostly the same as far as the content. I think it's all shuffled around. Like, that was the big reveal at the end of the movie. It was like, oh, my God, we're eating disgusting bugs. No, that can't be. Because the train is built in a like, economical like system or an ecological system. So the, the reason why they have to get to the food guy in the plane, because the big reveal is that they're stealing children to shove them in the fucking engine. Yeah, this is far different, the Korean version. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Well, cause that, but that would like fuck up how the train works, like physically. I know it's completely different. So that was like a big discussion too while I was in Korea was how they were turning it into an American movie and a TV show. And everyone was such a huge fan of Snowpiercer. The I think TV it was like record setting. happened for like a decade. 
Right. But it was still in the planning stages. Because, yeah, I... Because they like, sold it off. Like, it became so insanely popular in Korea, and then it yeah. got sold. Yeah, because I hate snow movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's from playing video games, and I hate snow levels. Yeah. And Snowpiercer is one of the few snow, like, that and The Thing are, like, two of the only snow movies that I'm like, okay, I'll watch that. But Snowpiercer, I definitely remember the American version in order of what they did it, because that's the first guy that they find that's, like, a turncoat. He's like, but I fucking have to eat it too, man. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of bugs. And that's when he gets, like, the weird deep conversation about how he knows that babies taste best. Yeah. Yeah, that... I'm going to say that definitely was not in the Korean version, but that could just be my memory failing me. Well, that's why I was wondering if it was an actual full reshoot or if it's just the same movie and they move stuff around. I think it was a full reshoot, yeah, then, but also moving stuff around. Like, well, I think they got American reshoot, actors. Then it doesn't like anything that I was saying, because I was thinking you were just saying that they like moved scenes around, and I was like, they, the train <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Unicorn, the planet's first and only choice in cruelty-free food cubes. Unicorn, the only choice for your future. Yeah. Um, do you remember grasshoppers invading Arizona? They still do. <laughs> but do you remember every season? So I remember when they about get like 19... enough to where they're like, you get out of the car at the gas station and they dive bomb you. Yeah. That happened four and a half years ago when I moved back. <laughs> That's why I was really, really, really like, oh, this is a normal thing. I don't remember this being this bad. Yeah, so 2019 was the last great grasshopper invasion of Arizona, or like the Arizona area. It seems like it usually kind of starts in Nevada, actually, and trails into Arizona. But I remember one from kind of like our elementary school childhood is 1998 um and i've found some evidence of it there's actually a cnn article that i found from 98 about it in arizona but i remember that year and just my mind being blown by it and thinking like oh this is just life now like i just have to knock grasshoppers off of everything <laughs> uh and that same year i had a birthday party and we went to Cracker Jacks, which is like, they have like mini golf and like some kind of... Don't tell these people what Cracker Jacks is. <laughs> if they can't guess that you went to fucking... Uh, if you're like, went to Cracker Jacks, they're like, this kid's weird. He went on a tour of a fucking popcorn factory. <laughs> Let them think that. That's theirs. It's an amusement park, but it's like a mini amusement park. And they have Cracker Jacks is golf and go-karts that just happens to have other shit at hey they have bumper boats i do see <laughs> all right we have a different experience there i'm not allowed on the bumper boats <laughs> no you splashing no. too much uh no i rolled one. Oh, nice guess what they don't do roll oh yeah they, they I was don't say flip back they, over <laughs> yeah they don't do that uh so i capsized basically a boat nice which then they had to close <laughs> they took a polaroid of me i bet you that's gone now because they did not call the cops like i wonder that, if cracker jacks still exists i ooh. good point i know it did like five years ago but if it's not there we should find some investors to i was gonna say investors to steal it <laughs> um, 
to to buy it at uh, breakneck prices for parts. Yeah, I know a lot of those places when they do close, they'll just auction everything off, and it's like a public auction. There's a like a big YouTube dude that's doing that right now. Just bought a say, bunch of stuff. How much money do you think it would cost to intimidate people out of going to an auction? <laughs> what What's your uh... well? So that I'm the only one at the auction because theoretically that means like I'm the one who gets to choose when everything costs. Right, but what's your intimidation plan? Oh. You're just gonna act like you're richer well, than them. What? No. <laughs> I'm going to hire people to threaten them. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I thought I you were like, oh, yeah, I'm, maybe I'll buy that for like a hundred grand. That's and it's not like something in, dumb. And they're that's like, not well, how I'm intimidation out. works. That's how bluffing works. And I guess that would be posturing, I think. There are Findom people all over the world right but now not, that are like, that is how intimidation But that's not intimidation. <laughs> intimidation is specifically, you got to learn the terms of extortion. <laughs> Because intimidation means I'm going to make you uncomfortable to the point when you do it. So a findom would probably, yes, be using intimidation. Oh, so you agree. Yes, that a <laughs> findom being like, do this or else. Because that also goes into like, what are you going to get charged with when you get fucking caught doing this? Yeah. Anyways, back to Cracker Jacks and the reason I brought it up. Because in third grade, I had my birthday at a Cracker Jacks, and we reluctantly got on the go-karts because we knew we were just going to be driving oh. through <laughs> swarms of grasshoppers. Oh, fucking Rainbow Road. Just, just smiling. Yeah. And things were going all right. I remember, and I was like, oh, this actually isn't so bad. You know, all the noise and gas and stuff, like, kind of alerts them. Like, they get out of the way yeah. a little bit before, so you're almost, like, just in a your own little bubble. Did it get and they're dark? Just, uh... I think it was around dusk, but I was driving and a grasshopper flew straight into my eye and got stuck in my eye to where I had to actually stop the go-kart, get out, and pull a grasshopper yeah. out of my Dude, eye. Dude, it's funny that human beings have to pull <laughs> bugs out of their eyes that much. That totally reminds me of working at the golf course after high school, Yeah, where... Uh, so at the end of the night, when you're pulling the pins, which is just going and getting those little flags out, which is probably the best part of the day, because I would just roll a joint and fucking grab a tall can and drive a golf cart in a very large circle. Yeah. But there was always like this danger of it taking just past dark, because then you become the only light source without a windshield in a golf course, which is full of bugs. Yeah. So it's, it's almost too dangerous to drive after that. But it's like a 20 minute walk back to the pro shop, and you have to carry probably 50 pounds of awkward fucking sticks. Yeah. Another excellent segue there Moths to a Flame. You know, you're talking about bugs like being attracted to light, which yeah, they pretty much just, all are. Yeah. Aren't they just attracted to heat? Well, so there's different theories. I tried to look that up. Like, why are. Like, where did that come from, the moth to a flame thing? And, like, why does it happen? And they don't fully know. A lot of bugs use light, like, for navigation purposes. You know, like, stay away from that. Or, like, it's sunny. I need to go here. But that, that, doesn't, that falls apart with the moth. Well, artificial light. Just, it falls apart because they well, were they were used to just flying around and using moonlight, using sunlight. Okay, I was going to say, the, the 
I, I forgot about the moon entirely for a second <laughs> there. There's like, I was like, eh, there's no fucking, well, says, yeah, we have a moon. Never mind. Yeah. So then when we started introducing artificial light, you know, candles at first and then electricity, it basically has confused bugs is the theory. And I still moths, don't buy that with moths because they're not all just flying up. Right, they fly around a circle. Like that's no, the whole no, no, thing. But about... I'm saying if there's no candles or anything, and yeah. there's a full moon, there's not just a cloud of moths in the air. Right. Yeah. But the moth to a flame thing, they think, is basically like short circuiting them. Like they're like, oh, the sun or the moon is over here, and I'm flying towards it, and then the flame appears, and they're like, oh wait, it's over here. But they don't actually want to fly into it. They just want to fly towards it. Yeah. So what happens is they just start circling it. They're like constantly getting confused and they're just going around and around the light source. So why does my cicada outside... This happens once a night. <laughs> it's a different cicada because I keep fighting them. Like, you know how they knock themselves unconscious sometimes? They just like fly into stuff. Well, so they're not meant to like gracefully fly. They're pretty yeah. much just, like, lifting forward, and that's it. So at night, one of them, because I'm pretty sure they have, like, a proximity thing with each other. Because unless they're molting, you won't find more than, like, four of them on, like, a small tree. Yeah. And when they are molting, you'll find a bunch of them, and it looks like an army invading. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll just do this one, like, D-shaped fucking dive bomb maneuver and, like, into the what it, I assume is trying to get into the light. But it's just... <laughs> and it just does that over and over again until it knocks itself literally unconscious. Yeah. And it just lies there for a while. And then, like, they trick me all the time because sometimes they're dead, but not as often as they're just unconscious you, you pick them up to go throw them away and they just start fucking dive bombing the shit out of you because they can't steer. <laughs> yeah. But like, I want to know why they're doing that at night because they don't follow the sun. They get up and they get on a tree and they yell a bunch and then they fuck and then they bury themselves. <laughs> yeah. Cicadas also have antibacterial wings. I know. Have you ever seen like dug up a cicada? dug up like yeah. from the ground no. yeah because they buried that's that's where they are the rest of the time they're underground i've never dug one up either hmm. that's why i'm is this a birds aren't real thing <laughs> yeah i don't know they like hibernate don't they i know they only reproduce think, in prime numbers i don't know if it's considered hibernation or if they have another term for it but it's yeah they have uh i think three and seven year cycles yeah yeah, they just kind of chill. I for think years. they just call it lie dormant or become dormant. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, because there's, I want to say like three groups. There's like a east coast, a mid like mid country to midwest, and then southwest group. And depending yeah. on each one of those, some of them have the three year ones, and some of them have the seven year ones. Okay. Yeah, I always I feel like I always hear of them coming out of New Mexico. Maybe that's the Southwest group. Yeah, I mean, they're also just here. Yeah. But I've never, I never remember when they're not here. So I never believed the whole three, <laughs> seven year thing. Either that or we just have perfect timing. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever fully understood that because I've heard it a bunch and it, it, it is fascinating. But the reasoning I've heard is like if you reproduce in prime numbers, 
you know, most predators are reproducing annually. So if you reproduce in prime numbers, you're going to avoid a lot of those reproduction cycles of your predator. But if they're doing it every year, then aren't you just, you're still picking a year that they're reproducing. Not necessarily, because what you're not doing to that equation is taking that animal out as a protein source for it. So it's also okay. part of a war of attrition. So they have less to feed on during that time as well, which yeah. would work if they're dodging a primary predator. Okay. So it was like a sweet dodge to just be like, all right, this one thing that decimates us every year we're now fucking with, but they're, they're not doing anything to spiders. Yeah. I was learning about their antibacterial wings, though. Ooh, it's kind of crazy. Start using them as clothing. <laughs> I think we could use the idea. I don't think we'd be able to actually apply their wings to our materials. Honestly, I don't think that I would feel comfortable harvesting the wings off of stuff at this point in time <laughs> in my life. Like, no matter what, I don't think. I think I'd be like, mm, we're past this. <laughs> yeah. But their wings have little nano pillars on them. That just so. make it impossible for anything to settle on them. Well, when bacteria settles on them, uh, their cellular membrane just starts stretching over those pillars like elastic. And so when it stretch, stretches far enough, the membrane just breaks. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. So they're like bacteria shredders, really. Dude, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. um, talking about, you know, light guiding animals. One of the, the primary cases of that, an early one too, is the dung beetle. Yeah, all I know is that they uh, roll dung and look real nifty when they're pushing the little... Like, dung beetles always look like they'd be cool to hang out with until you realize that their house is shit. <laughs> and they mostly use it as food, too. They do, like, make little do, habitats out of them. Do you have the name for what the fuck that's called? I've been trying to remember this for forever. What? There's feeding? a specific name for uh, animals that eat feces. No. It's an an Asia of some kind. Interesting. No, I'm not sure what the name is. Um, but yeah, they're mostly collecting dung to feed it to their young. Uh, just young like dung. middle America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buying them McDonald's. Yep. They When they're collecting their dung, they always travel in a straight line. So they're not going to like curve or circle or anything like that. It's just because, well, the theory, I guess it's not really proven. Is just because they want to avoid predators, right? So just fastest line back to where they were. Hopefully. Okay, I was going to say, how far have they tested this? Because there's got to be a point in which it either just gives up and lives where it is. or Because <laughs> yeah. if it refuses to go in straight lines, like my mom only takes left turns, which is very lucky that we live in a city, but there is no way she can like get off of some highways. <laughs> Yeah, they only travel in straight lines, mostly to avoid predators, but dung beetles will also steal other dung beetles' shitballs. Oh, no loyalty. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of think maybe the first dung beetle that starts curving could, they could be like a revolutionary dung beetle, you know? Well, but so here's the <laughs> thing. If this is an evolutionary thing, that means that all the ones that curve die for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Which could just be a whole... That'd be super, super funny if they only walk in straight lines because it's the only way to keep the dung balanced without it rolling over and murdering them. <laughs> yeah. 
which I don't think that I think they end up they can like lift those. They're like strong as fuck for like body weight size. They are, they? yeah. I think they can. It's like five hundred times their own strength. See, I knew you'd have that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting the way that they push the dung around too, because what they do is they climb up on top of it, and then they do like this weird little dance. They turn around and they push it with their hind legs as yeah. they descent off of the dung mountain. <laughs> yeah, they're all like the fucking this. Uh, this is only going to make sense to disturbed people, but the guy in Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory that uh, which one? There's just a guy who like pushes forward out of the background that I don't know what he's selling, but he's just got like a booth and he's the one who talks to Charlie. But then when he's done, he just it just like everything zooms back like he just his whole cart just pulls back out of the scene. Oh, I don't remember that. It's That's real fucking weird. Yeah, it's like at the beginning when he's talking to everybody, but it's like a real weird, like steamy scene. Yeah, re- there's a lot of there's steam a, in the beginning of dude, that movie. There is so many parts of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that are upsettingly obscure. Like, where the fuck is it? Yeah, it's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is because like they're very obviously like somewhat poking fun at american stereotypes yeah well Roald Dahl wrote it and he was british and it almost seems british but no one has a british accent i mean because it wasn't a british movie right it's yeah there's a lot of like british overtones to the town but very obviously the kids that show up are americans yeah except for augustus augustus gloop which i mean they could have just been like, wasn't his family, like, tech millionaires or something? Oh, my God, the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is just going to be a fucking weird AI puzzle movie. <laughs> did you see the Johnny Depp one? Yes, I did. I don't know why they made any of the decisions that they made in that casting or turning Willy Wonka into a horror character. But Yeah, they did put a weird horror vibe onto that one i feel like that was something that they were like we need to do something to differentiate ourselves and no one but johnny depp had an idea and they just took the first idea that johnny depp had which was just he'd made some silly voice and they were like yeah that's it that's what we'll be known for and it is it is what they're known for they didn't have to shoot very high to make a slightly less murderous of children movie (laughs) yeah it was already kind of terrifying yeah for kids i mean so this is kind of a testament to my childhood but i'm one of the only people who was not really disturbed at all by charlie and the chocolate factory there were certain scenes that was everybody i know from childhood is like the boat ride was freaky or like they had like some form of reaction to at least one of the kids getting fucked up yeah. And the only thing I ever thought about that entire thing was, you kids are dumb as fuck. <laughs> At the beginning of this, everyone was talking about how dangerous this shit is. <laughs> like, why are you fucking running around doing this? These these kids deserve what they get. Yeah. He told them the rules. If it's Justice not, Gloop doesn't want to listen. It's not well. even the rules. That's just like. <laughs> don't go shove your head in a random river. <laughs> Teach your kids about viscosity. You have trouble with Unicorp's food, you. Does consuming them leave you low-key and unexcited? 
try something new. Food sphere. These fully floored generated spheres will give you the energy you need for the tough times ahead. This message is brought to you by the Revolution LLC. Um Crazy Bugs. There's a Australian moth. It's called Yuraba Lugens. I think that's how it's pronounced. It uses its heads as hats. You said he- its heads? <laughs> yeah, so it's a moth, so obviously it ha- you know, has like the the stages of a, uh, what do you even call it? Where it's like pupa, larva, you know, that whole thing, caterpillar. I was going to say Pokemon evolution. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in its caterpillar phase, it actually molts a few times, so it just like sheds okay, all yeah. of its skin. <laughs> and so it keeps the head from that. And it wears it as a hat. Like, it stacks it on top of its head. That's the coolest shit I have ever fucking heard <laughs> yeah. in my life. So, Australia has fucking crazy, crazy... I, I just found out about bowerbirds, like, a week ago. Or maybe a month ago. However time works. But it gives it the coolest nickname ever. What? Which is the Mad Hatter Pillar. Dude, that's fucking great. <laughs> Do you know what a bowerbird's defining feature is? Uh, I don't think I know that bird at all. I didn't know it either. It just collects blue shit. Nice. So it steals blue shit from... So there's just a bird in Australia that's like, hey, you got some blue shit? Mine. And just flies <laughs> off with blue shit. Dang, and what? Blue-footed booby was already taken, so you can't name it that. Well, the blue-footed booby is very obviously <laughs> named for its blue feet and its huge tits. <laughs> I remember I found out about the blue-footed booby when I was in grade school, and I was like, yep, that's always going to be the animal that's, I use in examples. <laughs> everybody, I remember the teacher, that was another, we're talking about third grade a lot. Yeah. Well, third grade, I think they introduced us to a lot of animal stuff. I think so. But, that's a good uh, age for it. Yeah. I had Miss and she very specifically, when the boobies came up on anything, was like, don't laugh. <laughs> it's just the name of an animal. And I was like, that's not the way to get fucking 35 kids not to laugh at the word booby. Yeah. Don't set it up. Yeah. <laughs> just drop it. Don't do it. That's when the game and wildlife guy came in. And it, that was like probably one of my first real looks into what it's like to be an adult that's like okay with what they're doing, but is not into it anymore. Because he showed up. And, like, they do the whole, like, it's basically to try and sell you a fishing license as a kid, which is funny that in America they send people from the government to sell you fishing licenses (laughs) to drum up the economy. (laughs) But uh, he, like, goes through all the different fish and whatever, and he's got little figurines of them and whatever. And just halfway through, he's, like, showing us all of the fish and holding them up. And then putting him in a box, and his eyes just glaze over, and he goes, and you want to know how cheap we are, kids? And he flips it over, and the other side's not painted. He's just like, this is what's life like. And he just flips it back and continued everything. <laughs> I was like, okay, man, this guy's just like fucking had to let the curtain slip just a little bit to make his day better. Be like, yeah, I just taught those kids real life, man. Yeah. They don't paint the back of house. <laughs> Weird little life lesson in there. That was third grade. <laughs> Another crazy animal it's called the plant hopper it was actually recently discovered um it has gears 
built into its back legs. Oh, I know about this. Yeah, and it yeah. actually uses those gears to build up tension yeah, and, and like it kinetic has to launch energy, and then yeah, launches itself. And it like kind of fucks it up when it does it every time. Yeah, they accelerate insanely fast. It's like they reach their full velocity in less than a millisecond, and they can go up to twelve miles per hour. That's insane. Yeah. Doesn't it take like a fucking long ass time for them to reset from that? I'm not sure. So I watched a, a video. It was like a old, um, what are bug people called? Entomologists. Entomologists. I'm yeah. surprised we both knew that. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, was it etymology, or which is et- like word yeah, stuff? Yeah, no, because I do that yeah. all the time. I have many a times told somebody the bug history of the word something or another. <laughs> but yeah, this old entomologist who is like studying i think a related bug and it was his grandson who found like a variation of it and he's like oh these bugs are in the garden grandpa and then he started looking at those bugs and he found out they had this gear mechanism on their legs but i guess they're like very specific to that little area which i think is in the uk and they only eat ivy so what the fuck yeah animals in the uk (laughs) oh i learned about this other bug (laughs) it's called the oriental hornet uh or it's i don't know how acceptable that term is anymore i know it's offensive if you use it towards people it's uh scientific name is vespa orientalis which just makes it sound like it's riding on a tiny motorcycle. No, that's great. <laughs> that's fucking perfect. Yeah, I love it. The only reason why isn't I always think of wasp as Vespa because of Fooly Cooly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there probably is like a Latin root there that, that actually makes sense. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm getting my knowledge from an anime. <laughs> but yeah, the Oriental Hornet. Is really cool because it actually turns solar energy into electric potential. So they're just like a little solar cell. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's completely determined what they use it for or what they use all of it for. But they found that this same bug has like a a thermoregulator in the middle of it. Like in an abdomen layer or whatever. I don't know if that's like thorax or whatever they call it. Um... But it, that portion of its body maintains a temperature that's always 11 degrees hotter than the rest of its body. And it can use that part of its body as like a heat exchanger to regulate itself. So it takes that solar energy, turns it into some kind of electrical power, and uses it to power this like weird thermoregulator that they have. And it doesn't at any point in time use any of that for digestion. I don't know. Maybe it does. Because um, that's the only thing. Like, using it as a thermal regulator makes sense, except for what does it do when it doesn't need that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, how does it Well, because it would have to bleed, yeah, something yeah. out in order. That'd be cool. If, like, if you just keep them in perfect temperatures, they explode. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. They're like, we need shifting temperature. We don't know what to do with all this electricity. I mean, that's where do they live? Um, it is Asia. I don't know, like, exactly what part of it. They just live on this one cliff that's constantly either being baked by the sun or in a rainstorm. (laughs) 
I think you're kind of right. If I remember right, I think it was Southeast Asia, which is like kind of tropical, but can also get like well, hot or that cold. That is what tropical is. Every time people think of tropical to me, it's just miserable. It can be extreme <laughs> miserable or it can be not extreme miserable, but it has to be humid. Yeah. So this same Hornet was actually involved in an experiment in space. Uh, on the Space Shuttle Endeavor, which launched in 1992. Uh, the experiment was named Isaiah, which stands for the Israeli Space Agency Investigation About Hornets. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a good anagram, man. Come I, on. So, but like, <laughs> but really, do you? But re- how fucking much money do we spend making Dr. Seussuries for people to sign checks? <laughs> Well, I mean, when you're talking to your friend, you don't want to be like, hey, what's the latest on the Israeli Space Agency investigation about hornets? You just go, what's up with Isaiah? Or you could just say, what's up with that hornets project you're doing, (laughs) Phil? True. But yeah. uh, I I like them as well. It's just when it ends up being like things that you spend like billions of tax dollars on or something (laughs) that you're just like, okay, man, maybe we give that not a name that sounds like you're having too much fun at work yeah so they just launched these hornets up um they were actually trying to determine if they could use these hornets for some kind of medicinal purpose mainly headaches i don't know why they thought that Mm. uh when was this uh 92 is when the study happened yeah so So for a little bit they thought that you could fucking get rid of headaches through like electrical flow Oh, okay. Um, so maybe that's why. Well, they really they used to sell that weird little cap thing. That was like it sends perfect electrical energy to soothe your brain, and then they found out that it's just like really, really mild electrocution, <laughs> or I guess electric shock, because electrocution means you died. Is that how that works? I think so. That's how I've always heard it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they sent these hornets up into space. Uh, to try to make medicine out of them? I don't know. Human beings are like, we got an idea. We can take these bugs into space. (laughs) We're going to make some medicine out of them. It does make me wonder, too, like, how packed were these space shuttles? Because it's like this Israeli experiment was like, yeah, take all my hornets and take my hornet monitoring instruments. It was probably like (laughs) two or three hornets. No, it was hundreds of hornets. Are you fucking kidding me? Because when they do tardigrades, <laughs> they send like four tardigrades and those things are fucking microscopic. Yeah. So I know it's hundreds because almost 300 hornets died on the space shuttle instantly because there was a water system malfunction, which introduced too much humidity to this to the shuttle. Did they electrocute themselves? Uh, I think they just can't survive in that amount of humidity. Okay, when you said instantly, I thought it was like the fucking uh, humidity went up and there was just a... (laughs) And just like half of them were floating. Yeah, I mean, it was like day one. I don't think they just like dropped dead, but I think it was a matter of minutes or hours that they just started dying off. But a bunch of them actually survived and they were able to fix the water system. So the experiment continued. And what happened was all these hornets just completely lost direction. They couldn't stay in clusters at all. 
and they couldn't climb walls anymore. Yeah, that's they did that shit with spiders, and there's like the I want to say the basket weaving spider is like fine in space, and then every other spider was like, "Where the fuck am I? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that they found, you know, a whole group of these hornets came back to Earth, and the experiment was concluded. Um, but the ones that came back to Earth, they measured against their control group, and they died way faster so the the space group died after 23 days and the control group lasted 43 days okay like cut it in half pretty much the rest of their life i mean so if we're going in bug time they (laughs) took them into space which was like what half their life already (laughs) yeah had to be yeah so if you put a human being in space for half of its life it's going to have all of the same space problems that we already know about. So they just did that to a bunch of bugs. Yeah. Like, and aren't bugs all fucking hydraulic? Some of them are. I don't know if they all are. I'm pretty sure that's like one of their major uh, can't get huge issues. Yeah. I'd just like to imagine some bug grandpa that was like, I went to space, you little hornet. Well, that's all I got on insects. If you would like to complain to me about mistakes that I make, you can find me at Jane Fritz on Instagram. That's J-A-I-N underscore Fritz. And I might uh, ignore you in person. Yeah. I'm, uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. I am VR Frittatas, just like it sounds. VR and then the breakfast food Frittatas. Um. We also have the official UPP Twitter. Look for us there. And the UPP Twitch, which we keep bringing up, but we should do something with soon. And then you can follow me and my wife streaming video games as well. That is Andy underscore pants. Andy is spelled with two E's at the end rather than a Y. Andy pants. So yeah, check all that stuff out. Uh, And, um, you know. That's that's it. Good goodbye. Thank you for listening and see you next time. From that one time we had our ex-principal come back to school and jump in jello.